When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Someone who uh, correctly predicted that uh, Lee Zeldin was going to win pretty overwhelmingly in the Republican primary for governor is Brian Kilmeade, who, uh, in addition to being the host of Fox and Friends and uh, the co-host of the uh, Brian Kilmeade Show every day from 10 a.m. to noon right here on WABC, is also a New York Times bestselling author, and he has a show which is just doing gangbusters on, uh, on Saturdays on the Fox News Channel, kind enough to join us every Thursday. Brian, how are you? Uh, all good, uh, Frank. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, so I guess you weren't surprised at uh, Lee Zeldin's, the breadth of his win in the primary. Uh, no. I mean, uh, I just think he's a four-term congressman. He had the support of most of the, the Republicans in this area. And he's got the support of Trump. He just couldn't, you know, it doesn't really work for you in New York to, to use that. So uh, most, if you talk to everyone from Kevin McCarthy on down, they are impressed as hell with him, the way he studies, shows up every day, understands the issues, and really loves New York, was able to win in a purple area. Andrew Giuliani, really good on his feet, thought he was very solid. You know, Rob Astorino's got a lot of talent, he's just not able to get uh, resonate uh, the last few times he ran. Uh, you got the businessman in there, but no doubt about it, uh, Zeldin's got a lot for him, also has a shot going for him, uh, the Jewish community, being that's his Jewish background, along with the military background. Oh, it, it's going to be fascinating uh, a look here. People are comparing it to Virginia, but two things have not broken Zeldin's way. Number one, in New York, most people are for abortion. They're making it an abortion mecca. Number two, when it comes to guns, he's very conservative on both those areas, and I'm not sure that resonates. He's got to change the narrative, and it's not hard. It's legitimate. We care about taxes, care about inflation. And if you look at the cover of the New York Post last night with the 20-year-old uh, mom mm. pushing her stroller, uh, being shot and killed, crime. Well, so how does Zeldin change the narrative? How does he sort of become the Glenn Youngkin of New York State and get New Yorkers who are pro-choice and pro-gun control to say, forget about that stuff, uh, de- elect me to deal with taxes, the cost of living, and crime. How does he get them to shift away from those those issues which are very, you know, very important to a lot of people? I think he's got to uh, point out how over over her head Hochul is and how corrupt Cuomo was. And I think he got to be a happy warrior. One thing about Yunkin, I spent uh, a day with him. I did a couple of features ad last Saturday. He's a happy guy. You know, he's in a tough fight, a big-time underdog against Terry McAuliffe, already had won it. He's got the Clinton machine behind him. He can raise more money than anybody else in the country. But Yunkin outworked him, and he was happy about it. He listened to people. And the thing is, you know, now Trump can actually come out for you, and the Trump machine can be there. And then he said, I was honored to get the Trump endorsement, but he didn't run with Trump. And that's what I think Zeldin's got to do again. Now that Andrew Giuliani's out, Trump can be unabashedly behind him, but he'll be behind. And I think you go to Manhattan, you meet with the firms, you let them know that we're going to go out of our way 
to keep you in Wall Street. And then we're going to go out and we're going to uh, meet with the families, victims of uh, of crime, and let you know. I don't care about uh, I don't care about Republican or Democrat. I'm here to keep you safe. The NYPD. You know how many retired officers are here, let alone active officers and FDNY. How they've been abused by these COVID uh, crackdowns. How many restaurant owners have been just bled dry by these ridiculous. Uh, I inspectors that came in and said, put your mask up or uh, there's $10,000 fine. Go out there, meet with the business people, let them know that crime matters. Every time you're behind the microphone, say, will you fire Alvin Bragg, Kathy Hochul? Because I will. The um, you know, I saw that interview that you did with uh, with Glenn Young, and it was terrific on One Nation with Brian Kilmeade. Also a very good interview with uh, Senator Tim Scott last weekend. But a lot of people are, are talking about Glenn Youngkin as a possible presidential candidate already. I mean, Virginia, you only get to serve one term. So almost you you're looking for your next job as soon as you get elected. Do you think Youngkin has the chops to be a viable national candidate? There's no question, and the thing that really puts that question front and center, and he couldn't really duck it and just say it doesn't matter. I just got this shout is because you only run one term. You only run one term in in uh, Virginia. Virginia right. You can't run. You can't run for your election. So he's got to think what's next. So he just quit a job. You know, he's worth four hundred fifty million dollars. Unbelievable, right? Put twenty million into win in Virginia of his own money, let alone money raised. And now, at fifty-five years old, he's going to be done at fifty-eight. You know, next, you know, so he, you got to think he'd put his paperwork in to run because evidently there's a lot of unsolicited, very powerful people who think she's legitimate. And the other guy is DeSantis. But DeSantis uh, firmly linked with Trump. I think a lot of people look at that as disloyalty. And that would kind of blow up the party if he, if Trump was to lose to DeSantis, he'd take his 35% or maybe 70% of Republicans, whoever didn't vote for him, and he'd leave, as we've seen, that Donald Trump doesn't like to lose. Uh, he will just take them with him. So the Democrat will win the presidency. But Youngkin's on the outside. He could say, yeah, I like Trump a lot. I, I just think I'd be a better president. It, That's a better argument. You were – you. if people just tuning in, we're talking with Brian Kilmeade. Uh, you can see him on Fox and Friends this morning and then hear him here on WABC beginning at 10 a.m. Uh, both uh, just uh, terrific shows doing gangbusters in the ratings. You were quoted on, um, on the Media Buzz show with Howard Kurtz as saying that uh, after January 6th, President uh, Trump was unhinged. Uh, and uh, I'm wondering, uh, you know, a, a lot of, tr- you know, Trump diehards in our audience hear anything that may resemble criticism of Donald Trump and they just bristle. Well, what did you mean by that when you said that you thought the president was unhinged well, following his loss? Well, I mean, I, I was the only one to interview him in between his loss and the inauguration. I caught up to him at West Point. And he was – I've never seen him so angry. And this was in an afternoon game, Army-Navy, about to flip the coin, come out, you know, the last weeks of his presidency. And I've just – I saw him, and he, afterwards he, he said, I gave you a lot, and I appreciated the interview, but he was just irate. And I'm not, I'm not saying you should be – you know, they, that phrase, if you're a good loser, you show me a good loser, I'll show you a loser. I don't agree with that, but I understand the mindset. But what I, my point is this. When you lose, you have all this money. You had an A-team of lawyers. You say, I want you to look in Wisconsin. I want you to look in Arizona. I want you to look in Pennsylvania. I'm really concerned about Philadelphia. I want you to, I want you to look in Georgia. And this is the strategy. Then you go out in front of the public, and you say this pandemic rules. 
uh, that, cha- that they changed the rules in these states, and it didn't, you know, I really would like to look into it. I got my best legal team on it, but the first and foremost, I care about this country. As soon as I get the green light for my guys, if, there's, if they don't have anything there, I'm going to welcome the Bidens to the White House. And, and by December 5th, 12th, his A-team had basically resigned because they said, listen, there's nothing here. I'm not going to take any more of your money. There's something – there's always discrepancies in an, an election, but not enough to say that it, it went either way, 82 million to 74 million. You got more votes than any Republican in history uh, despite all the headwinds you had in the phony Russia investigation. And instead of doing that, he doesn't show up for the inauguration. He has that rally, ill-advised rally on January 6th and tells everyone to march to the Capitol. And when you lose Mike Pence, the most loyal uh, uh, ally you have that is couldn't be more opposite of you, but just did everything you needed, including the pandemic response, and you support the people that say, hang Mike Pence, and they set up a noose outside the place, that's a huge problem. And Rudy Giuliani's advice was terrible. Um, you have uh, his other law, legal team. Uh, Jenna Ellis and I were unable to produce anything they promised, and we have people – I know people like Lindsey Graham and Jim Jordan were ready to run with anything. They couldn't get him any facts, and as soon as that's the case, you go, listen, I don't feel good about this. I don't think Joe Biden got 82 million votes, but I'm doing the transition of power, like Nixon-Kennedy, which there was legitimate cheating. Oh, yeah. And to Andrew Jackson back to 1824, they did a deal in Congress. He won the popular vote, and they just – basically took it from him. And he came back in four years and won that, and then he won re-election, was more powerful after office. So I thought he was that was his worst moment. Those three weeks were President Trump's worst moment. And we're going through it. Not only did he get impeached, but he but now we're going through it again. Well what yes a waste of time and money. I don't know. I couldn't agree more. But you know we're seeing this January sixth committee, which a lot of uh, Republicans already viewed somewhat skeptically. And we saw the uh, testimony from Miss Hutchinson this week, which seemed initially pretty damning, including a report that uh, the president lunged uh, to grab the steering wheel over the Secret Service agent that was driving the vehicle because the president wanted to go to the Capitol. Apparently, the Secret Service is telling people. This is not accurate, and they have agents that are prepared to offer testimony that totally refutes uh, what Hutchinson is saying. What was your take on her testimony in general and the fact that the Secret Service was willing to come out and say so publicly that her version of events was inaccurate? Well, a couple of things. I mean, for them to come forward, I I talked to people that know – I think his name is Bobby Angle, who is the person who evidently was at the wheel at the time, and they say he is – an unbelievable person. His integrity is without question. And for him to come forward and say, listen, i got to testify and straighten out the record, they have to put him up. They have to. I mean, they keep telling us, and we know this is a one-sided affair. Well, you know, i got two Republicans on there, and Republicans refuse to be on there. Well, okay. You're telling us a story. You know, Frank, you and I have to edit. A lot of times, you know, you put together specials, you sure. edit together stories, and, and you and I don't go, hey, you know that uh, interview I really screwed up? Put it on the 4th of July special. <laughs> hey, you remember when I mispronounced, you know, mispronounced this guy's name? Make sure that's in it. And you know when I got those stats wrong? So what happens is they put all the people that said to tell the story that they want to tell. Now, this is the first time that these guys go, excuse me, I like to go testify under oath. Now, if they turn him down, 
the credibility is shot with independents, not with Democrats. They're already in, and they already convinced Trump is the worst. But it is shot. It gives Republicans a reason to say legitimately they have no interest in the truth. They just have an interest in hurting Trump. So he's got. They got to come forward now. The question is, do they come forward and say he didn't lunge at the wheel, but he banged the seat? Are they going to come forward and say that uh, um, I, they would, he was irate that he was demanding to go down the Capitol and I had to overcome him? He just never assaulted me. He never. Or is he going to say I went to the car president and I said, Mr. President, I can't drive you down there. It's too dangerous and it'll inflame the situation." And he got very angry at me and he left the car. That's a lot different. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. And, and they 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 actually subpoenaed Pat Cipollone, which he can't come. No lawyer would ever come, would ever offer legal advice to a president if they could be subpoenaed for it. So Cipollone's got to stiff arm this. So I, I think that the credibility is really on the line here with Cassidy Hutchinson because she's convincing in her delivery, but a lot of her facts aren't lining up. And why was she applying for a job at Mar-a-Lago with a president that she really has this? Sure. This much disdain for it. Sure. She applied for a job, and they said, "No, you're a leaker." A couple of quick other items I have to get you to go through before we uh, before we let you go. I caught a bit of your show this week from the Navy Seal Museum. I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I didn't even know such a thing existed. And to think it's right in our backyard, and I'm guessing a lot of our listeners probably may not be aware of its existence. Tell folks about this Navy Seal Museum and your experience there. Yeah, don't don't blame yourself. It just opened Tuesday, so it uh, you know it was it, it's a facility of five million dollars, but with all the people donating their materials and their expertise from contractors to landscapers uh, to architects, it cost two million, and then it was all raised with private funds, and it's raised after Michael Murphy, uh, New York's finest, and he after graduating from Penn State, he says, you know what, with two degrees and with honors. I got, you know, it's 2002. I'm joining the military and I'm going to join the Navy and I'm going to try to be a Navy SEAL. And evidently, Michael Murphy, an outrageously great athlete, just impressed everyone, top of his class. And he was depicted in Lone Survivor. And he was the one that lost his life mm. knowing that he had to get a signal out, grabbed a phone, a satellite phone, wanted, and called in help. Marcus Control, the only survivor. His dad put together this Navy SEAL museum, but just as an honor of Michael Murphy, his name's on it. Since 1942, we've had Navy SEALs. Only about 18,000 made the cut and served, but no one knows really exactly what they did. So this is a tribute to them. Go to West Sayville. Everyone goes to the Hamptons. Stop on this road, on Merrick Road, and you will love the town. And then you'll go up to this golf course, and there you will see the Michael Murphy Museum. It's not, it's 5,000 square feet. You're going to get through it quick, but it's going to be impactful. Every step matters. It was so great, and it's going to be featured this Saturday cool. uh, on my show. And then I got this What Made America Great series where I do the history. For, I'm 46. I got four more coming out today. Uh, the history of oil, the history of Hollywood, the history of automobiles, and the history of law enforcement. Uh, Nassau County Commissioner Pat Ryder helped me out with it significantly, and I was able to go to the, their training facility, found out the role Teddy Roosevelt played, New York, the first official fire department, what he did, uniforms, guns, uh, discipline, organization, 
Uh, it's legendary. It changed the country when it comes to law enforcement. So I think that people might enjoy it if you just go to Fox Nation. Half-hour documentaries. I hear at least one day is going to be rainy. Why not just click on that app and watch that stuff? Oh, no. I can't think of a better way to spend a uh, rainy uh, July 3rd or even if uh, if it does end up raining on July 4th. And we hope people get some nice weather. But um, I know you're a sports guy, and uh, I caught a little bit of a, a preview you were doing of the USFL championship game that's airing this Sunday. I think a lot of people remember the USFL of the 1980s that Donald Trump was involved in and then had a lot of NFL stars uh, part of, you know, future NFL stars part of that league. It seems like the USFL this season, um, since it came back, it didn't really get the same sort of attention that other alternative football leagues uh, have gotten. Do you get the sense that there's a lot of people that are into the USFL championship game? And if the USFL, if my supposition is correct, that it didn't get the same kind of uh, momentum that the previous version of it did, why do you think that's the case? couple of things. Uh, they, they're trying to be fiscally responsible. Fox owns uh, half that NBC has a broadcast rights, and uh, they didn't. They had a problem with the licensing. That's why you didn't see uh-huh. Herschel Walker and Doug Flutie and Jim Kelly and Steve Young. All these guys were basically putting up their hands, going, "I'll help you with this." And they're not looking to take on the NFL. They're looking to be. They're looking to be. If you're on the NFL, you're out of football. Think about that. If you don't play in the major leagues, there's no minor leagues. There's no ducks. Right. So in football, there's so much talent. So what they said is, we're going to do something XFL and AAF didn't do. We're going to survive to year two. And to do that, we're going to be fiscally responsible. We're going to put everyone in one city, Birmingham. We're going to let them practice in the same facility, same money, uh, same area. And they're going to, we're going to play two divisions back-to-back. We're going to have the names. And as owners step up, like the MLS, they're going to split them out and go to their cities. Birmingham's got an owner. I should tell you, no one knows this. Birmingham's got an owner that steps up. They average like 15,000, 20,000 with very little marketing. Uh, they were the only home team. The generals have some interest, and they're going to start splitting these guys, these teams, out to their cities. First thing they want to do is establish football, put a network broadcast together, great broadcasters, and they got about a million viewers each time, so which is pretty significant. So they're going to the XFL is going to be a, a challenge to them with the Rock, but they got a lot of really good players. So it's going to be Sunday at seven thirty, and I went to Birmingham and watched some of it. The football is great, um, and I, I think these guys are so thankful. You know, to have an opportunity to continue their careers, and a lot of them are going to be in NFL camps. You watch, and I think you, know, you for these quarterbacks, they need to play. It can't be on taxi squads. You, mm-hmm. you know, the starting quarterback of the Washington Redskins last year, I think, it was uh, Henneke. He was in the XFL. He was done. No one had any interest. He still he finished the season. He's got another job this year. So I just think if you look at the league as not competing, mm-hmm. but the AAA, even though they don't want to say that. I think it's got a legitimate shot. It's all set to come back next year. It's going to be back in Birmingham. As a, they're going to have three hubs. One might even be in Philadelphia. When they get this licensing thing done, they're going to be able to tap into that gotcha. legacy from Bardo gotcha. down. And so next year we'll have season two of the USFL and uh, the reincarnation of the XFL as well. So there'll be a lot of alternative football yeah. to the NFL. But that'll be exciting. Hey, uh, what's coming up on Fox and Friends and what's coming up on radio today? Well, Dow Johnson's going to be on. You know, he is uh, the vice president of the league, the USFL. 
Um, also, we're going to have uh, Stephen Moore. Uh, he just was to put together a list of how uh, unremarkable the business careers of everyone on the economic side for this White House is. Uh, Mark Thiessen's going to be here, put a perspective on January 6th, everything we were just discussing. And Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, uh, NATO expands, Sweden and Finland are in. But what's actually happening on the ground in Ukraine? Alan West with us, as well as what's happening on the border in Texas. As you know, he ran the GOP in Texas. That horrific death of 53 in a tractor trailer might be the spur, the Uvalde mm. moment that gets us to finally reinforce this border, I hope. No, so you, you and me both. Brian, it's always a treat to talk with you. I know how busy you are, and I really appreciate you making time for us. Frank, anything. Your show's, your show's legendary. Honored to join you. Thank you. Brian Kilmeade. Check him out on Fox & Friends while you keep Bernie and Sid on the radio. Keep Fox & Friends on TV and then see Brian at 10 a.m. on WABC. 15 seconds of fame in just a moment. 800-848-WABC. Say whatever you want for 15 seconds. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 